Hey there, this is Coach Bismarck from Haven Gym, located in Elizabeth, New Jersey, a personal training and nutrition coaching facility where we help transform bodies and lives through fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm also the host of this podcast, which I hope will help you and others in the marketplace and our community transform their bodies and lives too. So let's get down to the topic. What will we be discussing today? Today's episode on the Transform Your Body, Transform Your Life show is going to be the following. We believe here at Haven that to truly transform a body and a life over the long term, and not just the short term, but to offer a permanent, life-changing, body-transforming solution, clients would be helped tremendously by reconstructing two irrational beliefs. The first of them being self-esteem, the belief of of self-esteem, and number two, instant gratification, or the chasing of both, right? So let me clarify. At Haven, we help our clients not only lose the weight, but also hop off of the endless vicious cycle of weight gain and weight loss and or hinging their self-worth on the number of the scale by teaching them to accept themselves even when they make mistakes, even when they feel comfortable um, in their clothes, even when their jeans don't fit, even when they only lost 30 pounds versus 40 pounds to accept themselves get rid of the self-defeating irrational thoughts of I'm worthless, I'm bad, I'm lazy, I've always been a fat person, I'm just going to be a fat person, and removing those things, accepting themselves in the mirror as who they are, no matter whether or not they're heavier or lighter, and freeing up that space for themselves to then direct their energies towards, instead of, am I a piece of shit? Towards, hey, how can I do better? How can I get closer to my goals? How can I perform better rather than be a better human being? Number two, we also help them develop high frustration tolerance so that they can trade short-term pain for long-term pleasure, or rather than choose pleasure today and a heart attack later. So I'm going to talk about two stories, uh, each one involving a different client who I think is a landmark case demonstrating both high frustration tolerance and what's called unconditional self-acceptance. So let's begin with self-acceptance and self-esteem. So let me illustrate a point first with, we're going to call him Mr. L. Mr. L is someone, he's currently inclined, he's been with us for almost about a year now. He came to us about 270 pounds fairly heavy. And mind you, he was around, he's 5'6", maybe 5'7", probably like 5'6", if I remember correctly. And now he's like at mid-220s. He's getting pretty close to breaking the 200 barrier. And he's very happy. He's very excited. And he's very proud of himself. Today, at one of our private sessions, he was telling me something that I found interesting. And he was telling a joke and he was uh, being lighthearted about it where he said, Hey man, I I don't understand how like someone can go to the beach and you know say have a, a pretty big belly, be very overweight, and take off their shirt and just walk around like that. And you know I smiled and like I kind of understood where he was going, but I was like, well, what do you mean by that, right? And we both laughed and he said, well, he must have a really high self esteem, right? And I found that very interesting because then. I asked him a series of questions and I got to the crux of the matter, which is, well, why don't you think you can take off your shirt at the beach? And the conversation went something like, well, I'm just not, I'm just not ready yet. You know, like, okay, what do you mean by just not ready yet? 
um, I just don't feel comfortable. I feel like other people are going to look at me and they're going to be like, oh, look, he's so overweight and they're going to judge me. Why does that matter? Right? That others judge you. Well, I just don't, I don't want to be judged. And then we got into a whole conversation about, say, how his value does not hinge on the approval or validation of other people. He does not need for others to approve of him or to not judge him. It would be highly preferable if he could go to the beach, take off his shirt, people look at him and say, girls, you know, wink at him and, you know, guys be like, hey, man, awesome work. And for people to approve of him, it would be preferable because it's nice to hear things like that and to experience things like that. However, to say that he'll only be ready to to that he needs their approval and he'll only be ready to take off his shirt when he feels like he's ready for their approval. A need is something like oxygen. If I go seven or eight minutes without breathing oxygen, a steady supply of of that chemical, I will die. So I need oxygen. A need is water. If I go uh, some time without water, I think it's like 30 days, I forget, then I will dehydrate and I will die. Same goes for food. However, if I get judged by others, if I don't get their love and approval and their esteem and their respect and their validation, will I die? No, absolutely not. It'll be unpleasant, right? It's not It's not preferable, right? You who are listening and I who am speaking of, we would much rather have people approve us because it's nice, right? And it brings a host of advantages. But, 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 but. When we confuse a need for a high preference or a high desire, here's what can happen. In the context of losing weight, we start speaking more. And although this guy has done a lot of progress, he's someone who performs a lot of self-downing and self-defeating irrational thoughts. And they mainly revolve around, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lean enough right? I'm not comfortable with myself yet. Um, I don't, and those things drill down to a, a self-esteem that is conditional and is fragile and is dependent on his performance. And although self-esteem is helpful and is advantageous because say you lose 20 pounds, you feel better, you look better, Um, you can say yourself in the mirror and reward yourself by saying, Hey, you're a badass. Look at you. You've been doing a wonderful job, such a hard worker. It rewards you and it motivates you further to keep on the good path. However, the same way that you reward yourself for being such a hardworking man, you can also punish yourself for when you inevitably make a mistake. So when we see the scale go up as opposed to go down because we made some, say, not the best decisions on the weekend, what happens to our self-esteem? It goes down. And then what happens to our self-talk? It gets negative. And then what happens to us? We start saying statements along the lines of, we start wasting our time and our energy trying to justify our existence and our worth and our value as a human being, rather than focusing on the things that we need to, that we would be advised to do so that we can see more results. So in other words, self-esteem hinging on the number on the scale, hinging on other people's love and approval, it is conditional, it is fickle, and it is fragile. 
And although it has its advantages, it would inevitably break down and lead to a bunch of irrational, negative, self-downing, self-depressing, self-anxietizing thoughts that take away all that energy and all that time, that limited time that you have on this planet and take it away from thinking about how you can perform better and it replaces it with how much of a piece of crap you are as a human being or conversely, thinking you're such an amazing guy, such an amazing, wonderful, hardworking guy because of the results you're getting. What And that's not the best for your results because you're on this vicious cycle of weight gain, weight loss, you get down to a six pack, you find that you still feel empty and you still feel some self-loathing and now you're uncomfortable because you're eating only 600 calories a day and you're su- it leads to a lot of needless suffering, right? It's inefficient, impractical, and irrational. And now let me explain to you why exactly it's irrational. I'll keep it brief. But self-esteem isn't just impractical and disadvantageous, but let's look at it rationally speaking. Are you really a piece of shit because, well, you gained two pounds? No, you're not, right? You just gained two pounds. And how can you rate a human being just on the fact that they gained two pounds or they're more overweight? What about all their other qualities? What about all the other things that they've done? What about when they've donated to charity, when they've held a friend who was crying, when they, you know, talked a friend away from taking their own life? What about the way that they kissed their mother on the forehead before they go home? What about the ways that they tutored a young uh, boy and girl um, in math, their younger brother or sister? What about the ways that they listened to a friend? Um, and then also, what about the ways that they also made other mistakes? How do we weigh all these things? Is there some sort of mathematical equation that not only that we have to look at one of their actions and performances, but for us to evaluate a human being, we have to look at every single thing that they've done across their life. And we have to look at it within the context and the conditions and the circumstances that they did. And we also have to look at say, the culture that they're in, because culturally speaking, there's some things that are better and worse, depending on which culture you're speaking from. And once we collect all those things, if we were miraculously you know, able to do all those things and we collected that data set, then how do we weigh it? How do we calculate a human being's self-worth? Do we weigh it mathematically, right? Do we weigh it, say, arithmetically? Do we weigh it Um, exponentially, logarithmically, how exactly do we go about doing the math of weighing a human being's worth, right? Now, that's obviously illogical and irrational. So in other words, you cannot rate a human being. And we can look at self-esteem, which is the converse of self-acceptance, as it is not create sustainable, healthy, long-range happiness because of the conditionality and the fragility and the lack of resilience that it is. However, when we replace it with unconditional self-acceptance that says, I am too complex of a human being to be judged for gaining two pounds, for to be judged, to judge myself for losing 30 pounds instead of 40 pounds in the arbitrary time frame and deadline that I set for myself. I am too complex for that. However, I can still rate, although not myself, my being, I can rate my performances. And I can say that when I binge eat, it's not helpful. That's the truth. The rational way to look at that is to say, me eating all the time, drinking on the weekends and losing my mind and snorting Oreos is going to lead to weight gain. And I'm not going to get what I want, which is to have my jeans fit. That's totally fair. But to then extend a bad decision like that and to identify with it and say, oh, I am a piece of crap because I snorted Oreos, irrational, impractical, 
and it removes, it takes away all that time, all that energy away from improving your performances and implementing better nutritional strategies. And it instead preoccupies it with, I'm a piece of crap, I'm a piece of crap, I'm a piece of crap, and I will always be a piece of crap. So what we tell clients is don't hinge your value as a human being on whether or not you gained a pound or two, on whether or not you're overweight. Do this, this weight loss thing of yours, not because you want to get the approval of other people, the love of other people, because even when you get to a six pack, there's going to be some people who are like, you're just working out too much. Why do you do that? Right? Instead, choose something more resilient, which is I refuse to rate myself. I am too complex to rate myself. I am human. And given that I am human and I have a limited amount of time on this surf, I would rather choose to live my life in a way that is worth living to me. And with my goals and my desires, I have high, strong preferences. And those desires involve me losing 40 pounds, say in six months. But if I don't reach those goals in that arbitrary time frame, I'm not a piece of shit. If I remain overweight, I'm not crap. I would just strongly, I don't need to be lighter so that I can be a better person. No, although I do highly desire losing the weight. Now, if we can do that and replace conditional self-esteem, which is a much more resilient self-acceptance, then we create longer lasting, more permanent transformation. And we are not hopping from program to program, spending thousands of dollars on this tummy tuck and this supplementation protocol and this coach and that coach. No, we create a permanent solution. And along the way, we don't make ourselves suffer needlessly, stupidly, and irrationally. So that's self-acceptance, unconditional self-acceptance or USA. Number two, let's talk about instant gratification versus high frustration tolerance. Let me talk to you about Mr. S now. I had a goal review with Mr. Rest today where we talked about how I asked him, what are your obstacles right now? Because you've been doing very well. You know, you've been seeing the body fat go down. You've dropped 10 pounds. You're benching 185. You've been doing a wonderful job. What obstacles, right? Or has everything been going easy peasy for you? And he said something interesting himself. He said that, well, I wouldn't say it's easier. It's just become normal. And he made me double think what I said. And I asked, how so? And he said, well, it's tough. It's still tough, right, to not overeat. It's tough to, you know, I got to work on my schedule and I got to make sure, you know, I, I, I have time to, to leave and come to the gym and, uh, and work out. Um, it's tough. But now it's become normal to me because I'm used to it. And this is a lifestyle for me. And he didn't use these exact words, but he essentially said, the juice is worth the squeeze. Hmm. And that made me think because why was he successful? What was he just telling me right now? He was telling me right now that although the program has, success, has been successful, right? And it's our job as coaches to provide strategies so that we can provide the most frictionless um, and most effective path to success. We want to make it as easy as, and as fast as, and as healthy as, as possible for you. We don't want this to say, make it a million times harder for it to be so that your chances of giving up and being successful are that much more lower, right? So we got to give you strategies, right? That's part of our job, right? And support you and motivate you and all those things. But having the best strategy in the world, right? Having the best coaches in the world, having the best resources in the world, that does not change the fact 
the bottom rock fact that one, hard work is required, and two, hard work is hard and it is tough and it is unpleasant and you don't always feel motivated. And it's, it's, let's not lie to ourselves, although you might find some enjoyment in the act of working out, it's a pain in the ass. However, however, where clients tend to see less success or fail where they could see success is because they hold on to this irrational belief where they tell themselves, oh, I just, I just, I just can't stand, you know, um, not eating. It's so awful that I have to reduce my calories. It's such a pain, you know, that I can't, um, that, that I have to wake up so early to go work out and all those things. What they're essentially saying is that they can't, it's, it's impossible that they just can't do it. And that it's just too difficult. That's what they're saying. It's too difficult, right? And again, we're not judging them, right? Because the same way we can choose to accept ourselves, we can choose to accept other people as well. And it's highly preferable, more rational, more realistic, more pragmatic and practical. However, we can criticize how stupid of a cookie thought that it, kooky thought that is when people think it and when you yourself think it. We can criticize a performance, but we don't have to criticize or say destroy the individual who thinks it, right? That being said, um, with that line of thinking, it's not true. It's too hard. It's not too hard. There's a difference between impossible and difficult. And impossible is, say, just there is no possibility of doing it. Difficult is, is yeah, it's a pain in the ass. You have to get up. You have to put the work in, you know, and it's, you're not always going to feel motivated. And you got to be able to learn that even when you're anxious, even when you're upset, even when you're stressed out, even when you're hungry, even when you do not, you don't need the most perfect emotional conditions and circumstances for you to do what's required to see the success that you want. You don't, right? And number two, you don't need the most perfect conditions and circumstances out there in the world externally for you to do what's required. You don't because life is imperfect and you are imperfect. And if you're waiting for perfect conditions, which will never materialize, then you will never get what you want. Does that remove the hardcore fact that it's going to be difficult? No, but it is possible. And if we go ahead and replace, like our Mr. S has, we replace the thinking of the irrational thought of, oh, it's too hard with, it is a pain in the ass to wake up early in the morning and go work out, but it's worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze. I would rather trade the short-term pain today, and I can do it because although it is difficult, it is not impossible, I would rather achieve my goal of losing the weight, fitting into my jeans, feeling much more comfortable when I go out into the beach, or also avoiding a heart attack in the future, avoiding diabetes, avoiding and eliminating the joint pains and the low back pain because I live a sedentary lifestyle. If I'm not willing to go ahead and pick that more rational belief of life is tough, yes, but it is bearable and it is not impossible to deal with and manage and do what's required in spite of it. If I can go ahead and replace the irrational belief with that rational belief, then I am that much success is not guaranteed. And if we're looking for guarantee, that's irrational as well. But our likelihood of achieving our goals 
it's pretty damn high. And if we want to give it a numerical rating, perhaps it's going to be, you know, in the upper 90%. It's like 99.99%, right? If we give it enough time, enough effort, and we learn the proper things. So with that being said, I hope those two different points illustrate the advantages and disadvantages of self-esteem versus the advantages of unconditional self-acceptance and then also the advantages and disadvantages of instant gratification versus the advantages of high frustration tolerance which is being able to tolerate well shitty uncomfortable circumstances so that you can reach um, what you do want to reach and accomplish now again repeating our, 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 our topic our thesis here if you will we believe at Haven to truly transform a body and a life over the long term, clients would be helped tremendously by reconstructing two irrational beliefs, the irrational beliefs of self-esteem and instant gratification. And we teach them instead to replace them with two key rational, philosophic, pragmatic, self-empowering rather than self-defeating beliefs, unconditional self-acceptance or USA and high frustration tolerance or HFT. And these instead are, well, not instead, but actually they are rooted in what's called rational emotive behavior therapy, which is a form of psychotherapy and a philosophy of living created by Albert Ellis in the 1950s. REBT is a flavor of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the gold standard of therapy and human behavior modification today, co-founded by Ellis and Aaron Beck in the 1950s. Now, REBT, to give you a bit of a primer, is based on the premise that whenever we become upset, it is not the events taking place in our lives that upset us. Rather, it is the beliefs that we we hold persistently and stubbornly, even when faced with the facts and faced with how self-defeating they can be, that cause us to become depressed, anxious, enraged, ashamed, self-defeating, etc., The idea that our beliefs upset us was first articulated by Epictetus, a Stoic philosopher around 2,000 years ago, when he said that men are disturbed not by events, but by the views which they take of them. So it is not the, say, events that we face that disturb us, but rather the way that we see them and the way that we view them. Because when you get cut off in traffic, for example, one guy sees that, one girl sees that, and brushes it off. And it's like, ah, yeah, whatever, just having a bad day because they're so happy thinking about their own promotion that they got at work. doesn't bother them. They're off the shoulder, right? Another guy and another girl, they get caught off in traffic. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're giving themselves a heart attack. They're giving themselves a stroke. And that goes to show that the same event, right, causes two different reactions. And why is that? Because event does not equal emotional reaction and behavior or thought. Event triggers perception and perception then triggers behavior emotion and thought and if in that middle ground that middle space we can deconstruct our irrational belief and we can look at it and we can argue with it and we can say well you know what life is tough but i can i can i can i can tolerate it i can make things work you know um, it's kind of shitty to wake up so early especially when it's cold but i'm not gonna die there's worse things in life You know, like there's, and I've evidently have been able to survive much worse things. So why can't I do this? And if we can take those stupid irrational thoughts and dispute them and we can replace them with more constructive, productive and self-empowering rather than destructive, unproductive and self-defeating 
irrational beliefs, then we can go ahead, change our behavior, change our performances, change our emotional disturbances, and we can provide them the client with the means of empowering them to think in a way that's more productive so that they can reach their goals, not in the next six weeks, but so that they can go ahead and reach them for life and accomplish a truly permanent, transformative change and process of developing the body and the life that they want. Again, I stress here, our goal is to transform bodies and lives through training, fitness, and mindset, as I stated in the intro. We don't want their personal value to hinge, our client's personal value to hinge on how shredded their six-packs are or on the number on the scale or whether or not they believe they're worth taking their shirt off at the beach. We don't want them to make the self-defeating trade of pleasure today for a heart attack tomorrow by choosing to sleep in and, and, and choosing the how comfortable the and, and cool the sheets are in bed. We don't want them to suffer. We don't want our clients to see temporary results only to hop from program to program, spending endless amounts of dollars and time and energy and living miserably this one life that they most likely is the only one that they will have. We want them to achieve their goals and attain what they're really after. A life that is, in spite of all the pain, in spite of all its suffering, is happy, meaningful, peaceful, and one worth living. Test these beliefs out for yourself. Don't take them at face value. Take a look at your irrational, silly, kooky ideas that I as well have to battle with, right? Because I'm human. And we all have these stupid, kooky, foolish things that we think and argue with them. Don't take my word for, 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 for what it is. And I also encourage you to, to do one of two things. We are committed to using these rational beliefs along with all of our other strategies of nutrition and fitness and coaching to help transform bodies and lives in our community. If you are within our community, within the Union County, New Jersey area, and you're ready to transform your body and your life, send me a text at 908-230-6281 saying transformation so that we can book your free no sweat intro consultation where we meet in person, we discuss your schedule, your problems with your fitness uh, journey, and what solutions will be best for you to you for you to achieve your your goals finally conclusively and permanently and if you're not quite ready and need further convincing of our expertise and how we can help you i suggest you download our free ebook in the podcast description so that you can learn how to transform your body and life without wasting hours in the gym giving up your favorite foods or torturing yourself i'm coach bismarck this is the transform your body transform your life show and depending where you are good morning good afternoon And good night.